0: Welcome to the Arts Programme. Um, Cora Boyle is our sponsor. We will be chatting, I hope, uh, we're chatting with Margaret Franklin. Margaret, are you there? I am indeed, I hear
1: you loud and
0: clear. I'm so sorry for the delay. We're having technical hitches here. It shows that we're actually live in there because you can guarantee you're waiting on the phone uh, for some time. (laughs) Um, Margaret... Welcome to Ross FM and to the Arts Programme, Um, and the reason why I'm chatting with you is that you are the granddaughter of WH Grattan Flood, who uh, transcribed the Wexford Carol.
1: That's right. Well, now, uh, in the town of Enniscorthy, people prefer to call it the Enniscorthy Carol because that's where it was first publicly sung in the cathedral, but uh, it actually originated from Mm -hmm. rural county Wexford. And when my grandfather had it published in the Oxford Book of Carols, uh, that was in, wasn't until 1928, uh, the year that he actually died, but uh, it was published under the title The Wexford Carols. So that's why the wider world knows it as The Wexford Carols, but uh, the people of Enniscorthy like to claim it for their their own. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay. Well, tell us how did how did tell us a little bit about um, W. H. Grattflood. How did he come to be transcribing the Wexford Carol? He's right, a, well, he's a noted historian, musician, author. The list goes on.
1: That's right. Well, he was he was actually organist in, in Enniscorthy Cathedral from eighteen ninety five until he died in nineteen twenty eight. And uh, during that time, there was a priest attached to the parish of Enniscorthy. He was a father, Patrick Cummins. Okay. And he knew my grandfather was interested in traditional Irish music. In fact, he had written a, a history of Irish music. So uh, Father Cummins told my grandfather that he knew of this elderly couple who lived near Gate, which is a village between Enniscorthy and Wexford. And uh, they may have been relatives of, of Father Cummins. I'm not sure about that. But anyway he told my grandfather that this couple had this traditional carol which had been passed down by oral tradition through the generations from from father to to son and he was afraid it might be lost forever if somebody didn't write it down and make it more widely known. So, um, my grandfather didn't have a car. Uh, there were very few cars on the road at the time, but priests and doctors usually had cars. So, uh, Father Cummins drove my grandfather out to meet to the home of this couple, and uh, they sang the carol for him. And he, as he was listening, he 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 wrote it down in musical notation. I mean, there were there were no recording devices back then, so okay. he had to rely on his musical ear. And, of course, he was able to write down in musical uh, notation. And I presume they, they gave him a written, a, a, a written version of all the verses, because there are a number of verses. But anyway, he brought it back then to Enniscorthy and he arranged it for organ accompaniment. And he also arranged it for um, four-part choir with the intention of having it sung in the Enniscorthy Cathedral. But at that time... Uh, for big festivals like Christmas the the masses were always sung in Latin by the adult choir and the recessional hymn at the end was usually Edeste Fidelis also sung in Latin but the children's choir were allowed to sing uh, carols in English so it was the children's choir who were first taught uh, the words and the music of this lovely carol and it was first performed in Enniscorthy Cathedral at Christmas about a hundred years ago. Oh,
0: yes, it is actually, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so that's really how it came about. Now, the actual tune is, is a Celtic tune. It's, it's in what they call the, the Mixolydian mode. And it probably dates from around the, the 15th or 16th century. We're not sure about that. But the, the style of the music would fit in with that period. But you see, the words are English. So the, the words must have come from England, and
2: oh, yeah.
1: some sources say of that it came from, from Derbyshire. Uh, in fact, I've, I've even read somewhere that the tune could be as old as the 12th century, but I, I'd be doubtful about that. <laughs> well, but I'm anyway, gonna... the thing is, we have it now. It's a beautiful tune. And you see, the thing is, because it was handed down by oral tradition, obviously there could have been changes. And traditional musicians, tra- traditional singers, usually add in their own little flourishes and extra notes, or maybe skim over some of the notes. But um, the version I know is the, the version that was taken down at dictation by my grandfather. And that's the version I prefer.
0: Yeah, and we actually did play that uh, to start with um, Margaret while we were trying to sort out the technical hitches here. But what I will do is I will play that again next week um, so that you have time to listen to it yourself because you were on the phone listening to us trying to get our, our ourselves sorted out here. Margaret, um Maybe sometime in the new year you will come into studio and sit and chat with us about um, um, your, your, your grandfather in a, the longer version because he, quite, he, he had quite an extraordinary life and uh, his work has been referred to in... Now, uh, what was the, the musical... The music... Um, well, the dictionary... The dictionary.
1: dictionary of music and musicians. He'd, he'd be featured in that. I mean, he, he would have contributed to that dictionary during his lifetime but there's an entry on him there now. You'll find him on Wikipedia and uh, he's also in the Dictionary of Irish Biography. Yeah. But he's pretty well
0: known, yes. I think we need a longer time to chat about him because uh, he really has an extraordinary life that he lived. I'd be delighted
1: to chat to you sometime in the new year. Yes, come in and sit in the studio
0: and you'll be able to sit and be able to chat. Uh, What age was he when he passed away?
1: I think he was about 69.
0: An extraordinary Uh, life for for such a. He was
1: 69, because he was born, you see, some sources say he was born in 1857, but as far as I'm aware, it was 1859. And if he died then in 1928, that would make him uh, 69.
0: Okay. He wasn't
1: wasn't quite 70, and it was pneumonia,
0: I believe. All right, okay. Yeah. Margaret, can I thank you so much? Margaret Franklin, the granddaughter of. W.H. Grattan Flood, uh, telling us a little insight into his life and how he transcribed the Wexford Carl. Thank you again, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. You also, and happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you and to your family. Thanks. Bye. 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 So I'm back on the air here, so I am, uh, and I'm hoping that I am going to be talking to Santa Claus. Now, we, that's probably part of the reason why we had the technical hitches here. Uh, hello, Santi? Is that you, Santa Claus? Hello, hello,
3: Warsler. How are you?
0: I'm I'm very well. I'm delighted to be talking to you, Santa Claus. Are you in the North well, Pole?
3: Well, I'm, I'm 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 actually I'm in the workshop now, so I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go into the other room if it's not quite all right.
0: Yeah, because I can hear the little tip tip the little tip tip tips of the well, well, the yes, uh, yes, is so it?
3: Busy, Yeah, I'm busy working away and I don't really want to stop. Them. And I hope
0: Mrs. Claus is making mince pies for us all, is she?
3: <laughs> Hang on, i just go into the other room.
0: <laughs> is the other room far away, Santi? Have Here. you to travel down through your, your pine forest to get to the other room? Or is it next door?
3: No, it's, it's just across. I, I'm just getting in now. I'm going in
0: now. I bet I'm going to hear the door bang. Did you hear the door bang there, Margaret? <laughs>
3: I have Margaret well, here in the well, studio
0: because she's afraid. I'm so excited. Sandy. I'm so excited to be talking to you.
3: Well, I'm, I'm very, very excited to talk to you. Obviously, I'm back on the radio. <laughs> is <when> <laughs>
0: thank you, Santi. Thank you, thank you. So tell me, what is Chris... Well, well, first of all, what is it like in the North Pole?
3: Well, it we've had a big, big snow last night. Oh. and I, I, yeah, This morning, I had to bring out one... I brought out Joshua with me this morning to make sure that they, all the reindeers were OK. But they were all well. And Rudolph was standing on his own. And I just... I was a bit worried about him. So I went over and I had a chat with him, but he's grand. He was just, I suppose, just taking a bit of peace for himself.
0: <laughs> Maybe he was, you know, because he's... All, he, like, he leads the reindeers, doesn't
3: he? Well, he does, he does, yes. And that's... Now, everybody thinks we only have a few reindeers. Oh. The ones I use on Christmas Eve, but there's lots of them there. And, you know, but I always use the same ones, really. And rudolph has been with me a long, long time, a long, long time.
0: Um, and he must know his route through the world very well then, Santa Claus.
3: Well, no, Or do you have a sack nav? Would he? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, that, no, Mrs. Claus looks after all the techniques. No, no. I'll tell you what. Rudolph would know we say for example that you were staying in a friend a child was staying in a friend's house or a granny's house Rudolph would know that straight away where I would I would have to think about it and have to get a letter from them and all that but Rudolph knows he knows if you move I was talking to actually I was talking to a family in Ireland and they were moving from Galway up to Donegal Right. Rudolph knew that before I did.
0: Rudolph is very clever because imagine some family move, up, say from Poland to Ireland, and Rudolph would know, know that.
3: He'd know, um, it, it, and and as I said, he he would stop and he'd say, no, 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 no. Alice is not here tonight. She's o- she's over in our granny.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, that's reassuring to know, Santi, because I know myself when I was little, I used to be worried if I was staying in my granny's and Santi was coming, that Santi wouldn't know. But now I know how Santi knows, and that's good news.
3: And I, and I did always know. I did always know, because cause you, I never let you
0: down. No, you never did. Never. 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 You brought me loads. Okay. I had a doll and a pram, and I got a a cycle. I got. I got loads of things. but anyway, it's not about me, Sandy. How much? Um, have you a big lists of uh, requests from from you for this year?
3: Well, this year, I, and and I must say, the children have been absolutely wonderful. I put out the call during the year that I didn't re- because of so many other children being born and stuff like that. So I asked every child just to leave a little. A little, little present off the list.
0: Oh, that's a good idea.
3: I got some letters this year, this year, and all it said on it, please, Santa, all I want to do is get a surprise. And and so the other children can have a present. Mm. And I thought that was so, so well. So it was absolutely lovely. And Mrs. Claus said to me, isn't it amazing how children are, Santi? The way the the way they're so kind when they're so young and all. And I said, Well they are now. They're thinking not of themselves, they're thinking of Others. Other children.
0: Yeah. Because there is a lot of children less fortunate. Um, than maybe some of the children that are able to write into you, uh, maybe some children aren't well for Christmas. Maybe some children, their parents aren't well. And again, with the COVID, it's been very difficult for for you, I suppose, to do shopping as well, is it, Santi?
3: Oh no, no. The only thing for us because because all the wood we get, we we, we will get it from our forest and, and and stuff like that, and and all the wooden toys are, are you know they're they're made from. Wood around us, really, but all oh, most of the stuff we get, and again, I have I, <laughs> not only do I have the best elves in the world, but I have the best magic dust in the world. <laughs> oh, yes, so I, use Santi, my magic dust. I
0: heard this. Tell me, Santi, I'm,
3: wait- I'm waiting for the question.
0: The magic dust you put on the the bobbin of the Christmas tree that they will have forever, is that right?
3: Oh, that's... in. Uh, well, it's, it's something I do all the time. I, I like to give a present that gives. And what happens is, if I get the chance, and sometimes I get the chance to visit children, I give them a bobble off my Christmas tree here. Now, i tell you how the whole thing started, believe it or not. The Children in the village co- will see me all the time. And they go every time I see to them, hello, Nicholas, hi, Nicholas. And, and they know me very, very well. But before Christmas, they all come over to my house. And what we do is, it started off years and years and years ago. And I give them a bubble off the tree. And then I sprinkle with the magic dust and they bring it to their house. And every year they put this on the tree. And every year they make this, a wish. So so they get lots of wishes out of the one bubble. And, it's, and it also has, what happens then, especially around the world, on Christmas Eve, when the child goes to sleep, that bubble starts to glow. And I know they're asleep. So, so we don't have to waste time, you know, going around in circles because some yeah. children are asleep. And then they're awake. And then they're asleep. <laughs> and they're all excited, so I can understand. but so, dogs is going around in circles. And,
0: so Sandy, can I ask you, for Christmas Eve, what do you really think the children should be doing?
3: Well, they should be in bed first of all, sleeping and probably dreaming. Because, um, as I said, in different parts of the world, it's, you see, I start off in Australia, and Australia, then you know, I go right around the world. Now, the children in Ireland are probably up at that stage. Yes. So then... Now, if somebody says, what time do we, should they go to bed at? Oh, different different children go... Uh, different children are different, more excited. The older children, they they really go to bed when, when they're ready, really. The younger ones now would be very excited, so they really want to go up to bed and go sleep. <laughs> and then... And then I, I'm afraid. Then if you go to bed too early, then <laughs> they start waking up early.
0: Yes, so that's what then, happens. <laughs> and yeah, then, mommy and yeah. daddy are saying, "Go back to bed."
3: <laughs> well, that's that's exactly, exactly. And then, you know, it's it's I, I go down, I come down the chimney. I might come in the door. He might give me a magic um, keys for the door. they might leave a window open for me. This has all changed over the years. And I tell you one thing that has changed. Stove. Stove has got to be the worst. Remember the first time I came down the chimney and the first time I ever saw a stove and the door was closed on the stove and I couldn't get out. And I said to myself, what am I going to do? So I had to use my magic dust that night.
2: Oh, I, really thought, you
0: were <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me you were nearly cooked for Christmas.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No. Now, Again, it's just uh, there are different, there, I suppose, different things children do before they go to bed. Some children say prayers and some children will have will have to cook. I tell you what I, I really like.
0: What do you really like?
3: will always leave me out little gifts, like milk and, and cookies and then carrots for Rudolph. Now, again, carrots for Rudolph doesn't mean they're only for Rudolph. And Rudolph no. Rudolph thinks that because hmm? he hears the children saying, Oh, we leave
0: out the carrots for Rudolph. So Rudolph shares? Yes, I'm trying to
3: teach him to chair, but, it, but anyway, he's, he's always good. Okay. So I have to look after Rudolph
0: then. Now, Santi, I'm really sorry. We're running out of time, and I know you have to get back to your elves and to your workshop because we only have, what, about ten days left.
3: Ten more sleeps. Ten more sleeps. That's ten more sleeps.
0: Well, I'll be making sure I put my little dog in um, the other room. And that's I'll be leaving it, a cookie and um, a small cookie, uh, carrots for the reindeers and um, um, a hot, no, I'll leave you a cold glass of milk. Would that be OK? That
3: sounds lovely. And the reason the milk is because if it spills in my beard, you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you like it? Oh, Santi, Oh, you're a owl. Well, and I, another thing I have to do, and I, and I suppose I leave a little bit of a mess. If I eat a cookie I have to shake my beard out because if I go home, Mrs. Cars to say out the old crumbs in my beard and says to me, oh, oh you're eating the old cookies again, <laughs>
0: And I suppose she has left strict instructions for no cookies for Santa, has she? She won't. <laughs> oh, what no, you no, putting no, on, wait? She knows. She knows. She
3: knows.
0: <laughs> she knows. Santa, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, we're all looking forward to hearing the jingle bells on the top of the reindeers on well, wait, Christmas wait, Eve. Wait for this.
3: Wait for this. You can hear the jingle bells now. Jingle
0: bells, jingle oh, 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 oh. bells, jingle bells, rock. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to play Declan Nerny and a Hoolie uh, Christmas uh, just after the ads for you. And um, we'll be looking forward to catching up with you um, um, on Christmas Eve. Is that OK? Well, it was great to hear you on the radio
3: again. But it's also, will you, will you wish all your listeners and all the children that are listening at the moment and everybody in, in Ross FM... And, uh, and all my friends, right across, uh, and in Ros- uh, Roscommon. I I turn on the lights in Roscommon from here, as a matter of fact. Oh, but you. tell them all I was asking for them, and wish them a big, big happy Christmas.
0: Santi, they're all listening in, they're listening to you, they heard it directly from oh. you yourself. Now, oh, Santi, oh. we're going to an ant break, and then we're going to be doing, I don't know if you've ever heard of Declan Nerny. we're going to play Declan Ernie.
3: So I, I give Declan Ernie sports guitar.
0: That's right, he said he got it from Santy for Christmas. Well, he's made great use of it. Santa Claus, is that you? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Santy. Bye-bye. Merry
3: Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas. And that was Santa Claus we had on. That used Santa Claus, it was Santa Claus. And um, I had a few little requests in from different people who sent that messages in to me to say they were enjoying listening to Santa Claus. Emily Rose and Ben... I hope you're going to start dancing to Declan Ernie. And Stephen and Jack, I want to see you dancing too. Hello, Dylan. Yes, the reindeers were around last night. Keisha, Grace and Raina, I hope that you're all ready for Santa. And the little doggies are going to get a present as well. That's it. So there we have it. I hope you're all dancing around the Christmas uh, tree and um, enjoying Santa Claus. Now, Maria, are you there? I'm here, Ursula. How are you? It's like driving a jumbo jet today. I'm all over the place and it's all my fault because I'm not really very technical. Okay, Maria. Hello. Long time no see. I know. Long time no see in here. It's great to be on your show. Thanks so much for having me. Okay. Well, Maria, um, I suppose the reason why you're on air is uh, that you write. You're a singer and a songwriter and you've written a song for Christmas. That's
2: right, yes. Uh, My latest release is called What a Blessing. And it's a true story of how a couple met and how they ended up together. So, yeah, really a very inspiring story and a nice little Christmas song to have on your on your air playlist, shall we say?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a lovely song. I was listening to it last night. So it was um, and uh, a beautiful song. I didn't realize it was a true story, though.
2: Yes, it's a true story. Yeah, I was that's. The inspiration for it, a couple that I knew, uh, and how they met. So, at the end of, I uh, don't want to give it away the end of the stories in the song, but um, they asked me if I would write. Um a song about them uh, for an anniversary (coughs) and I wrote that and came up with that and released it then as a Christmas single so the other people actually have asked me to write a couple of personal songs you know, uh, songs personally for them, you know, just sharing a personal memory whether it's a loved one or a friend or whatever so busy time at Christmas but that's how What A Blessing came about yeah.
0: Okay, I'm sorry I can't stop something's gone with my breath here so I won't be singing What A Blessing. I'd like to tell us uh, where we started way back, you did a a song for... um um motor neurons
2: that's right yeah uh, a few years ago um i um had a song called uh, which is still out there you are my heaven and um i gifted that song to the motor the irish uh, uh motor neuron association um for them to have it and anyone who purchased the song that the proceeds went straight to um the irish association of motor neuron disease so here in Ireland, and uh, a friend of mine uh, who has now since passed um, had uh, got motor neurons at a very young age, 39, and uh, she had married with a, a lovely little boy, and so that it was a close personal friend, you know, close personal family. So I wanted to obviously help uh, in whatever way I could, and I did a series of um, charity concerts to raise money for uh, the foundation. So and that was obviously um contributed to my friend Sharon Freel actually who it was. And then also we had Earth as you know, a very uh, uh, um, Close uh friend. Uh, same yes, I've struck him for the words there. We had a communal friend there also, um James Mead. who passed away from Ath- in atone. You can you can say the name there. Seamus yeah, Mead, um yeah, Seamus, yes. and uh, who gosh, who I met through actually the concert I was doing for Sharon, and I met Seamus um, in that loan when I was doing the promotion, and he had motion neurons. what a gentleman, him and his wife's partner, and just their coffee shop there in that loan, and it was just uh, people with such such, I mean, terminal diseases. It, it, they're so inspiring. They're so motivated. They're so the courage they show is is. is it's phenomenal. You know, there's, you heard recently Charlie Bird, another yes. a gentleman, you know, who's from motor neuron disease. And again, what courage he has shown on late late there last week, you know, as, as well as we're feeling. Um, beautiful lady who's terminal cancer and just the courage and strength they show, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, Do you know, it really gives you food for thought of, you know, you reflect <clears> your life say how bad are your problems, you know, they're not really that bad if, if you have good health, you know
0: Yeah, I think yeah. back at that time as well um, you came, you did a concert in St Peter and Paul's
2: and That's right, yeah, yeah. With, with, with Liam Devine there and who was running it and yeah, it was a great turnout when we could all be together in, in, a, in a, yeah. a closed environment, it, <laughs> it was a, over it was 100 a, people I a, think at the cathedral in in Athlone, I did the charity concert there. Yeah, it was very well. It was well a lovely setting,
0: and uh, Father Divine uh, was really, really, really took a great liking to you and spoke very highly of uh, the way you ran the concert. And you do the concerts along sometimes with um, backing groups and with um, choirs.
2: I did, yes, yeah. I was nearly turned around the country, and and Sacred Heart Church in Laitown, where I uh, I'm originally from, my home place. I had done one there, and I'd done one in on Trim in St Patrick's Cathedral in Trim. Uh, just a beautiful setting to do it and you know, just touching and just very spiritual I suppose and um you know just nice sense of peace and happiness and playing nice music and you know, um yeah, it's a really nice setting and, and to be able it's great to, to, to be able to do something for a charity, you know. Just to give back I suppose
0: and have you anything coming up in the future? Is the concerts back on? Or um...
2: Yes, it, you know, again, I'm just trying to, you know, for me, keep it a bit small and, and small venues so that people can be spaced out in a very safe environment. I just, the, the Christmas song there I released, What a Blessing, and I'd also done a launch gig there in Wimble Lane, uh, recording studio in Dublin, and I did a lovely launch there last month just really before the, the main down came for the COVID. But we, you know, we could only have 50 people capacity and they were nicely spread out and everybody had their vaccine and their masks on. And so it was very safe, you know. Um, I know people are very nervous at this point to be, you know, coming out and... and, and um, you know being in crowds and, and closed environments so we all have to be very careful in that you know but not to let it run our life either you know not to be letting the fear drive i suppose so much that it's 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 stopping you from nearly going outside the door you know but um anyway there are safe places to go as i say and to still enjoy some of the atmosphere coming up to christmas for concerts as well so go and support if you can check, you know, I suppose check out that they are, people are checking for their, their COVID certs and, you know, the temperatures and um, masks if you're going into a venue, you know, and you know then you're just, in with yeah. some safe people. But my next gig would be coming up now in um, February and I'm doing a launch of another new single called Hero and that'll be in the 11th of February actually in the Seamus Arts Centre in the Nall, County Dublin.
0: Okay, no County Dublin, so. just out past the airports there.
2: Yes, yeah, exactly, Seamus Arts Centre, so you can look that up online, beautiful little venue, beautiful theatre there, um, tickets are available, they will be available actually online now for next week, or from my web, I have a little fella here, sorry, and your he Honours, heard Santa he on hear the radio, Santa? So And what's your little a fella's and he name?
0: and asked me, <laughs> David. <What's laughs> David, okay, I'll have to make sure uh, Santa knows about David as well, did he send in his letter? He did send in, a, didn't you send your letter? David to Santi. David, is David there? Yeah. Hello, David. Did you send
2: your letter
0: to Santi? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll make sure Santi knows that you sent your letter. And you, you were listening to Santi, were you?
2: You were listening to Santi on the radio, there, <sighs> weren't you?
0: Yeah. And, and did, he did he sound really good? Yeah, uh, I. Don't, I don't know. He's super Santi. He's super Santi. Oh super Santi. wow! I hope Santi's still listening to Ross FM and the art show.
2: Yeah because David was listening to Santi and he got his box of toys that he said he needed fixed and wondered if Santi he could bring it to Santi's workshop so he went all the way around the back of the house to the elves to see if he could contact the elves if they could fix some of the toys that we got last year from Santi. OK,
0: well, <laughs> Margaret is here with me in studio, and Margaret has yet to write her letter to Santi. So I'll ask Margaret to uh, make sure that she asks uh, Santi if David's toys can be fixed. And if they can't be fixed, could they be given to other little children who maybe don't have toys?
2: Exactly, and that's what we're doing, Earth. we're gathering up some of last year's toys. Um, That we are no longer using um, and fixing them up a little bit and bringing them down to the charity shops. So, David knows that if we get new. Toys from Santi. that maybe it's nice to, to release some toys to children that maybe are not able to get as much toys or, or get toys that you know there's a lot in the family I know I grew up with a family of seven when my mother was bringing <laughs> us all up There was nice little hand-me-downs <laughs> at times for toys but we always got we were never without no. but I know getting back to your music there um, I know you were asking me about the, the single but um, so that's over the, the radio stations and it's available from my website as well if anybody would like to get that and what's your website too. Somebody, uh, www.mariabutterly.com, and the What a Blessing is up there, or they can contact me on my Facebook page, say hello, and I'm sure all the, the social media sites. And if you are in the area to come to the concert in February, you could give somebody some some tickets, you know, if they (laughs) wanted. I'll come back to you for that,
0: so I will, uh, Maria. Maria, can we finish off there? David, thank you very much for being the star of the show. Your mummy is a lovely singer, a lovely person, and does an awful lot for charity. Maria, we're going to leave it there, so we are, because I want to play out with what a blessing. Didn't realise it was a true story. And thank you once again for joining us on Ross FM, The Art Show.
2: Thank you
0: so much, Ursula. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you too.